the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Thursday edition of The Ride Home. Kathy, uh, uh, is it just me, or are, you, are your days confused? No. Having the 4th of July on a Sunday, and thereby having to have the national holiday Monday, I've been off the whole week. But I've been off in a good way. I think, oh, I've been off in a bad way. I think this is like, you know, I think it's Wednesday. Then I go, oh, it's Thursday, actually. Then tomorrow's oh, Friday. Oh, that's, that's a nice treat for you, then. bonus thing, yes. No, but, I almost missed an appointment. I had an appointment yesterday at 10 o'clock, and it was yeah. like midnight the night before. And I was like, oh. What? How but I made you? it. How are you on your calendar? Do you pay attention to it? Because I'll put things in my calendar and then just ignore it. That's not not true. You look. You no, invest like my, tons of time in our calendar. My personal calendar. Oh. Oh, you yeah, know, the like, personal life falls apart completely. <laughs> we're so busy keeping track of the, what we're doing here that, I mean, it's a good thing we have spouses right, or we'd right. be, like, completely up a creek. Some really important thing. Exactly, that's exactly Did you say it. I was going to say up a creek? Yeah. Would you say up a creek? I would say up a creek. You, would you? Yeah. Would you say up a creek, Christy? No, she'd say up a creek. I would creek. say up a creek. Up, up a, cre- a creek? Okay. Up a cre- what is that? And then I wonder. I don't know. I wonder what that means. Up a creek. Up a creek, up a creek without... A paddle. There we go. All right. All right let's jump from the paddle. I think we... <laughs> jump from the paddle to the news stories, as we always do. Kathy you know, starts the show off giving us the news stories of the day. The please join us, Kath. The top four at four. Yes. For Thursday. It is Thursday, John. It is. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It is July 8th, 2021. Number one. Fans, sadly, will be banned from Tokyo area stadiums and arenas when the Olympics begin in two weeks. The city's governor said today after meetings with organizers of the pandemic postponed game. It's a hard thing to say. The pandemic postponed There's a lot of peas going on there. According to the AP, that means the Olympics will be a largely TV-only event. After the Japanese government put the capital under a COVID-19 state of emergency because of rising new infections and the highly contagious Delta variant. It was a serious blow for Japanese taxpayers and local organizers. I mean, think how much money. I think they put $3 billion into this thing that they're not going to be able to go to now. Hundreds of millions of dollars in ticket revenue will also be lost, and that must be made up for... By the government, which of course means the taxpayers are going to pick that up too. Fans also have endured months of uncertainty about whether the Olympics will go ahead at all. Number two, President Biden said the withdrawal of Afghanistan, the withdrawal from Afghanistan of U.S. troops after 20 years of war, will conclude on August 31st. How about that? Ahead of the September 11th deadline he announced in mid-April. According to the Wall Street Journal, when Mr. Biden announced the U.S. military would leave Afghanistan by September 11th, about 3,500 troops remained. The Pentagon said earlier this week the withdrawal was 90% complete. U.S. forces last week exited Bagram Airfield, the largest American base in the country. The turnover of Bagram to the Afghan National Security Forces completed the U.S. transfer of all seven bases to Afghanistan, in effect, finishing 
the most logistically difficult part of the withdrawal. A horror is about to happen. I can't stand thinking about it. Neither can I. I can't. No. It's just... You know it's coming. It overwhelms me. Number three. The Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup last night, beating the Montreal Canadiens four games to zip. Nothing Wait, for I Montreal. Wait, I thought they won one game. No, they did not. That's two years in a row for Tampa, who may have... They did. They did. They did. They win a game. They did. They won a game. They did. How did I miss the game that they won? You were wrong. They won the Stanley Cup last night, beating the Montreal Canadiens four games to one. Thank you. No. That's two years in a row for Tampa, who, may I remind you, also won the Super Bowl. You remember that? Yes, I do. And they also have a pretty good baseball team. They almost won the World Series. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's happening down there. And you know what? Do they really care about their sports teams? Well, we say they don't because they're Florida, but they must care, right? They're providing excellence. Number four. This is such a great story. The last surviving African-American combat veteran of D-Day has died at 99. Henry Parham, a veteran of the 320th Anti-Aircraft Barrage Balloon Battalion, the only all-black unit to land on the beaches of Normandy on D-Day, June 6, 1944. It was his first combat experience. He spent, get ready for this, 68 days on Omaha Beach. 68 days and 11 months in Europe. After serving, he came to Pittsburgh in 1949, where he met and married his wife, Ethel, in 1973. They made their home in East Liberty for 27 years before moving to Wilkinsburg 20 years ago. The son of a sharecropper in Emporia, Virginia, Mr. Parham went to a one-room schoolhouse where the teacher taught all ages all day long. The highest education they had in Emporia, Virginia, was seventh grade for people of color. Wow. Despite not knowing how to swim, Mr. Parham wasn't afraid he would drown that day 77 years ago on the beaches of Normandy, he told CNN in 2019. Quote, I prayed to the good Lord to save me, he said. I did my duty. I did what I was supposed to do as an American. And that is your top four. I mean, that D-Day assault is covered so well in the Steven Spielberg film where you see yourself. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. I mean, I mean, oh, the horror of that moment. I can't, it's just, you can't describe it. I would just. Can God you believe that it was his very first combat experience? I think probably for a lot of guys, right? And I can mean, you believe that he didn't know how to swim? Oh, and that gate comes down and you're forced out of that vehicle and you make your way amidst all that fire. God bless those men. I know. Unbelievable. Okay, so Henry Parham was 99 years old. Did you know his story? Did you know that he was from Pittsburgh? I did not know mm-hmm. that, no. Yeah, isn't that terrific? Uh, they did a profile sorry. on him in the Trib. I don't know, maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago, I remember reading about him. Um, it was a big deal. After, okay. Like nobody paid any attention to Henry Parham, personally, apparently, for most of his life, um, especially in regard to his military service, until it was revealed that he was the last surviving African-American on the beach veteran mm-hmm. from D-Day. And then... This was maybe four years ago. Then apparently U.S. media completely descended on him and he became, you know. So his wife said it was like a full-time job trying to keep up with all his interviews and all of that. Anyway, she said that she was really happy that he was honored the way he was before he died because he deserved it. Yes, a token of of bravery for all those men. All right, we'll take a quick break, come back. We've got a chock-full show. When we do come back, Dr. Michael Brown is with us. Has God failed you? That's a question, and Michael Brown will delve deep into that. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. We are Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here on 101.5 Word FM. We are streaming live today on Facebook. Check us out. Yep, 101.5 Word FM. I can't believe Montreal won a game. I missed that.
101.5 WORD. Life can be so stressful. Between work, relationships, and other obligations, the pressure just builds. And on the next Focus on the Family, Deborah Faleto will help you better understand your emotions, assess your mental, physical, and spiritual health, and she'll give you some tools to intentionally pursue a path to healing and wholeness. Next time on Focus on the Family. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. If you're a Word FM listener, one thing I'm certain of is that you're not tuning in to listen to me. So I'm sorry about the next 45 seconds. But we have specifically chose this station because we think we're similar and we'd love for you to see three reasons why our mortgage team might be a good fit for you or someone you care about. One, we've got a direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. There's no middleman, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Two, we pay Word FM listener appraisal fees up to $500, and that's upfront money that you don't have to pay back if by some chance you end up not closing. It's important to us to show our commitment to this station. And finally, our faith is a big deal to us, and we're open about that. If we seem like a fit for you, we'd love to talk. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage lender license number 22672. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. I believe it's more common than you might imagine. People say, whether to yourself or family or friends, why haven't my prayers been answered? And why does God allow me to hurt? Well, Dr. Michael Brown is back with us. He's got a brand new book called Has God Failed You? Finding Faith When You're Not Even Sure God Is Real. Dr. Michael Brown is the host of the daily nationally syndicated talk radio show, The Line of Fire, and with us here today. Hi, Michael. Welcome back. Hey, great to be with you always. Thanks. Yeah, terrific. I'm holding up the book for those of you who are watching right now on Facebook Live, 101.5 Word FM, or the ride home with Johnny Kathy. The book, Has God Failed You? Finding Faith When You're Not Even Sure God Is Real. Okay, so I guess the first question out of the gate, Michael, has to be, um, if you think God has failed you, um, your question is, can I really trust God? Right, or is there even a God to trust? Mm -hmm. Obviously, 
I don't believe that God in his nature can fail anybody, but to some people, to many, it feels to them as if he did fail, that either prayers weren't answered, or during their most difficult time they didn't sense he was there, or they found problems in the Bible that they can't resolve, and, and the more they looked, the more confusion reigned. And there are a lot of people today, it's, it's kind of a perfect storm right now, that a lot of believers are struggling with their faith. Some have walked away entirely. Some have become downright hostile. And we have to address it honestly. And as I was writing the book and feeling the pain of those who are struggling that are in the church and those who, are, who have left it and are struggling or have just lost their faith, I thought, I, I need a bold title. Has God failed you? Because that's how it feels to them, and that's where I wanted to start. Right. Okay, so uh, in your start, Michael, your story, uh, of course, not unique, but you did not grow up in a Christian household. You grew up in a Jewish household. So you had to work in many different ways to come to this conclusion that God himself, Jesus Christ, is real. Tell us that story and that journey. Yeah, so I was raised in a non-religious Jewish home, religious enough to go to Sabbath services, you know, for the high holy days kind of thing, and be bar mitzvah at the age of 13, but we were not religious, so I got caught up in the whole drug scene in the 60s, and was playing drums in a rock band, getting high, my two best friends got radically born again, I went to a church to pull them out at the age of 16, I got radically born again, and my dad said, Michael, it's great you're off drugs, but we're Jews, we don't believe in this, so he immediately introduced me to the local rabbi who befriended me, and began to talk with me in depth and challenge me, you don't even know Hebrew, how can you tell us what to believe? And he, in turn, brought me to meet other rabbis, and they challenged me. So right out of the gate, as a brand new believer, my faith was challenged. Did the New Testament writers misrepresent the Old Testament? If, if I knew Hebrew, would I believe what I believe? Would I trust my English translation? What about church history and persecution of Jews in church history? And, and what about all these sincere religious Jews? Are they all going to hell? So my faith was challenged, and then from there, after that initial challenge, which went on for many, many years thereafter, I started going to college, which was secular. So now I'm getting bombarded by professors who don't believe the Bible and don't wow. believe God. And So what I determined was I've got to follow the truth wherever it leads. But many times, and, and to me it led to my faith being strengthened, but many times, to be honest, we don't have an environment in our churches where people can be honest and say, I'm struggling. Uh, You've you got yeah. pastors with battling with deep doubt, but who are they going to tell? They're going to get up on a Sunday morning and say, I don't even know if I believe in God anymore. Or I don't know if the Bible's true. No, so they go on in their private agony, and then some just fall away. Or, you know, you're, how many kids, maybe 12-year-old kids, are, feel at home with their parents to say, Mom, Dad, I don't know if I believe this. I don't know if it's real. No, no, you just got to keep it to yourself and overcome the doubt work it out. So we have an environment many times where it's forbidden to doubt. It's forbidden to ask a question. Yeah. And sometimes, if I could be really candid, we're not secure enough in our own faith. And when someone comes with their own struggles, it, it raises questions we don't want to deal with, so we just push them away. Instead, we need to say, great question. You know, I don't have an answer for that, but let's go look for answers together because the truth will set us free. Amen. Boy, that is so true, Michael. If we're confronted with a question that we're actually afraid of ourselves— haven't talked about, won't even allow, kind of in the forefront of our mind, we're going to respond with anger or resentment or, I don't know, well, whatever it is, but it's going to be inappropriate for the person who's asking us, and certainly it's not going to be helpful in our own spiritual journey. So let's get to the heart of it. I mean, a lot, most of us 
dare I say all of us, have prayed for things that haven't happened. Um, what do we say to that? How do we how do we live with the knowledge that we can offer up our most profound wants, our most heartfelt needs, and God can say no? And, and not just for some light thing, maybe for sure. the Very healing of a child things, yeah. with leukemia, yeah. you know, or, or for saving a marriage or things. And it, it seemed that God didn't come through. And then some other little thing that was, like, incidental, it seemed he, he asked, answered that prayer. So the first thing is don't just tell the person, well, you need to have more faith. You're, or, well, you must have done something wrong. And then don't just change theology to say, well, God doesn't answer prayer anymore. No, what we have to do is wrestle with it honestly. And, and you know, first thing, understand the pain someone's going through, the sense of disappointment. Don't, don't come up with a cheap answer, because that's not a cheap situation they just went through. That agony of doubt and pain, that's not cheap. Let's not just come up with a little soundbite answer and think it's going to fix everything. That just makes them feel as if we don't understand. But I have a whole chapter in the book asking, does prayer really work? And then another one, perhaps it's wrong theology that failed you. But in the chapter about prayer, I look at promises that seem so blanket. You just you pray and it happens, pray and it's answered. But then the same Bible has people praying, Lord, how long? Or why have you forsaken me? Or Jesus teaching a parable that we should pray always and not faint. In other words, the same Bible giving us the promises is telling us many times it's going to seem as if the answer is not going to come, or as if God is distant. Or even the prophet Isaiah says to God, you, you hide yourself. You're a God who hides yourself. So we want to understand why. And then, well, then how can I know if it's true? If he hides himself, so, okay, how do we know what we believe is true? We, went, we need to lay those foundations. And then... Has God ever answered prayers in ways that are undeniable? Okay, memorialize that. Always remember those times because that's reality. And build on that in the times when your prayer isn't answered. When it's not answered, well, maybe God's bringing you into a deeper relationship with Him. Maybe He's not going to tell you why, but you can grow in compassion and grow in trust and grow in faith. Maybe Part of prayer is not just getting your prayers answered, but developing a deeper relationship with God. When we understand there's more to it than just pressing a button and getting a miracle, then it makes much more sense when we couple that with the realization of God answering prayer and working in our lives, and then add in the mystery of an answered prayer and the deepening relationship with God, and then making us into better people through it, it's a, it's a whole lot easier to deal with. And then the recognition... God is so real to us that we know not everything is going to be worked out in this world. Some things will await the world to come, but we know the world to come is real because of the reality of God in our lives today. Amen. Dr. Michael Brown is with us from the nationally syndicated radio show, The Line of Fire. His brand new book is called, Has God Failed You? Finding Faith When You're Not Even Sure God is Real. Michael, um, I often think of... Mother Teresa, and you know, after she died, her um, her diaries were released, and in it, she opines, she cries out that she feels as though in her life God was silent, God was absent for many, many decades. And I think, to me, I think for a lot of people, that's like you know, horrible to think. It's one thing that God is not answering my prayer, but it's whole other thing that God is completely and totally silent. In that, you know, I'm speaking to God, but God chooses for whatever reason not to speak back. Yes, and, and that's, that's one of the most overwhelming things when someone shares that, that for years and years and years, I've been going through the motions, I, I've, been belie- I've been trying, I mean, think of that, think of 20 years, the worst, the worst. going to church, praying prayers, reading the Bible, maybe even sharing your faith, and the whole time wondering, is this real? And the whole time wondering, 
aren't I supposed to connect with God? You know, that's why I have a whole chapter dealing with the book of Job. Now, Job's situation was a hellish, unbelievable trial of, of incredible loss for a short period of time, as opposed to decades and decades. But he raises the difficult questions. I would first tell that person, you're obviously a person of faith to have made it this far. And it's faith that's saying there must be more. I I subtitled my Job commentary, The Faith to Challenge God. Sometimes asking the difficult questions is proof that we know there must be more. Mm -hmm. And what we have to do with a person like that is, okay, listen, let's take God at his word. Let's either be all in or all out. And the last chapter of the book is, is an incredibly moving account where, where I share journal entries from someone that, that went through someone very similar to that. And, and, and finally, they went through something very similar, and they finally got to the point where they said, I'm either going to connect with God, I'm going to die trying. And they sought God in a way that I've never witnessed anyone ever seeking God. Really? And he met them, and he changed them. And they've been changed ever since then. It, it, it's remarkable. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm not just going to give you a philosophical answer or point to the proof of the resurrection or give you examples why I believe the Bible to be God's Word. Those, those help. There are the intellectual parts, but then there is the seeking of God. He says, if you will seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Often, we live our lives without ever going into that extra gear. And if we will... He will not yeah. disappoint us. Yeah. Boy, that's really good. Has God Failed You is the name of the new book. I'm holding it up for those of you who are watching the show online. The author is Dr. Michael Brown. The subtitle of the book, Finding Faith When You're Not Even Sure God is Real. Um, you know, I, I love your attitude in writing this, Michael, because I'm, you know, so over simple pat answers to unbelievably uh, shocking questions and circumstances that people have to face um, and suffer. And I think it's silly of those of us who believe in God to think that he's not up to the question, you know, that he, somehow we have to, you know, hide our concerns or hide our doubts or whatever from the God of the universe. I mean, there has to be, Job is the perfect example. Interesting though, um, Michael, that at the end of Job, two things happen. You know, God says to Job, where were you? You know, where were you when I created the world? Where were you when I did? So, you know, kind of, you know, giving him the perspective, like, I'm God, I'm the creator, I know what I'm doing. But then the second thing, him disciplining Job's friends who told him not to, you know, tell his real story. He And uh, God saying to Job's friends, you weren't what you said, you weren't speaking correctly of me. So where does that tell What does that tell us about how we oh, yeah. connect with uh, God and how we connect with each other? It's, it's utterly remarkable. First, you're 100% right. God, God's not threatened. God's not insecure. You know, when people come to me with the latest Jewish objection they've heard to Jesus, I say, bring it on, please, <laughs> because I, I know that I know. I've said this for decades. I know that I know that we have the answer. So God's not insecure, but Job 42.5, incredible. Job has just been rebuked by God for speaking ignorantly and speaking arrogantly. And then, after he humbles himself, God tells the friends, Job spoke rightly about me. It's like, what? How is that? Well, not by calling God a monster, but by, by knowing that if God was really God, that there must be justice in his universe, that, that if God was really the God he believed him to be, that goodness must prevail, and, and, and that somehow what he was experiencing in God really wasn't God. In fact, it was the devil. Job didn't know that part. 
and and God rebukes the friends. They just spouted out the right theology. Well, Job, you must be a sinner because bad things happen to you, and bad things only happen to bad people, so you must be a bad sinner. When you were having good things happen, that proved you were good. No, they just had their little straitjacketed theology and spoke from the head and didn't speak reality from the heart. Job spoke honestly from the heart and basically challenged God. If you're really God, things aren't supposed to be the way they were. And God said, you're right. You're right. You spoke rightly about me. So that means honesty, candor. God can handle it. There's even a verse in Jude. I have a whole chapter on it where, where Jude says, have mercy on those who doubt. So rather than condemning and criticizing, I said, bring it on. I was talking to a Jewish young man yesterday, came to faith about four or five years ago, directly through our radio broadcast. It was amazing to hear. But he's telling me how he's, he's studying now with an ultra-Orthodox rabbi, a counter-missionary, a man I know well. I said, wonderful. I'm thrilled to hear it because I know the more he digs, the surer his faith is going to become. So let's be secure in God, and, and let's have our churches, our families as places where doubters, skeptics, even mockers can come, and we'll hear them out and we'll guide them to the truth, and the truth will set them free. Fabulous. Well, that's good, isn't it? Sure is. It's a great encouragement. Michael, that's awesome. Always a pleasure, Dr. Brown, thinking things through and breaking things down, making it straightforward and simple. Why has God, has God failed you? Finding faith when you're not even sure God is real. Has God failed you? Dr. Michael Brown from the Line of Fire radio show. Always a pleasure. Thanks an awful lot, Michael. Oh, thank you. You two do a great job. Thanks so much. You're the best. We'll take a quick break, come back. Why laughter can make you more productive at work? We all need that, don't we? We'll talk about that next. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, here on 101.5 Word FM. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the Ride Home. Looking for a way to pay for that new home improvement you've been waiting for? Ready to consolidate credit card debt at a lower interest rate? Figure offers multiple loan options that can help you improve your finances. From mortgage refinances to home equity lines and personal loans, Figure can help you find the loan that's right for you. Figure takes all the stress and hassle out of the process. Apply 100% online at figure.com and see your new rate in a few clicks. Figure out your finances at figure.com. Figure Lending LLC, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Need life insurance but have diabetes, high blood pressure, or on anxiety meds? If you're a 50 year old male, even porky or with type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of life insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. For affordable term life insurance, call term provider and speak with Big Lou at 800-555-1509. 800-555-1509 or visit BigLou.com. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. 800-555-1509. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry windows are us offers repair and replacement for roofs siding gutters and downspouts windows entry doors even decks a leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms don't put those repairs off windows are us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through dollar bank want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office choose 
them at 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, offer valid through 831-21. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsrspittsburgh.com. Whether it's offering curbside or next-day delivery for online orders on over 160,000 parts or getting involved in their local communities, when it comes to serving you, Napa's Motor never quits. That's Napa Know-How. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. Is your school a true partner in your child's education? They should be. Pittsburgh's Christian schools agree. If you're looking for a safe environment where kids can learn, challenge, and grow with highly qualified teachers who are not only caring but accessible, where academic excellence goes hand-in-hand with character development, consider Christian education. Right now, at this moment, local Christian schools, colleges, and universities are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees while they last at wordfm.com tuitions. We'll see mostly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be humid with a thunderstorm this evening, followed by a passing shower late, low 67. Mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow with thunderstorm in spots of the afternoon. We'll see a high tomorrow of 76. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 59. Saturday will start off the weekend with times of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Saturday of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. During those uh, many long months that you and I were broadcasting from our spare rooms. Yeah, there was like 15 of those months, I think. I spent a lot of time alone in that spare room with my dog. Yes, and And I spent a lot of time in that spare room with my cat. Right. Now, my dog, and I'm sure your cat as well, your cats as well, just slept a lot. Oh, that's all they did. I mean, other than, you know, it's a cat, so you know the cat wants to knock everything off the tabletop but well, other than that they were sleeping and they were i mean their presence was greatly appreciated but in all things considered they weren't much of a companion i don't think they were helping much no now i would find myself reading something and then laughing out loud something like oh, that yeah. or hearing something and you know and <laughs> wanting to share that with someone you know so i would text my wife or call her and say but hey how's your day what's going on but there's something about being back here at work in studio in person yeah. and laughing, right? And I really didn't consider it until I saw this piece today um, that says essentially that laughter can make you more productive at work. I totally buy that. Yeah. Now, apparently, now this is you know I'm not a I'm not a neuroscientist or anything like that, but they're saying that laughter fast tracks the networks in your brain. And it reduce, you know, releases whatever that is, you know, and makes you sit up straighter, engage quicker. But it, here's here's the weird thing about this article: they cautioned against fake laughter and real laughter. <laughs> they cautioned against them both. Yeah. Well, or- you know, you you know, you laughing like say the boss comes down and wants to tell you a joke. Yeah. And because it's the boss, you got I got to laugh at his joke. Well, that has the reverse effect. Oh, that makes you dumber? <laughs> or just unhappy. <laughs> that makes you less productive. <laughs> right? Yeah. So genuine laughter, thumbs up. Fake laughter in the workplace trying to please, you know, someone right. has a negative effect. 
Well, I can say this safely. I don't think I've ever laughed to please you, John. <laughs> I'm not your superior. No, no, that's a good point. No, I think we're kind of lucky because we work with funny people. Yeah, we do. Because what if we... Whether they what know if, it or not. What if we <laughs> What if we didn't, though? What if you we were like, oh... No, I, don't th- I think you always find humor in the things around you. Don't you? I think most people do. Okay, yes. Yes, that is true. You can find humor in the things around yeah. you. But... I have had several instances in my life where I was not working with funny people. Well, yeah, I, I get that. Right. But inside your own head, weren't no. you sort of okay, laughing well at that, the yes, absurdity of the situation? Yes, but that's not that, – so not you're, right. you're laughing at your circumstance. You're not laughing with the people who are right. having the same circumstance. That the, is a very different thing. But on the flip side, haven't you worked with some genuinely hilarious, hilarious people? people? And you got Hilarious I'm at work with this guy. Yes. I can't believe I'm hanging out I with know, him. He's so funny. I know. We, the two of us, and maybe it's maybe we attract these types of people, but we know some oh. very funny people. Sometimes you, I look at people and I think, I can't believe that that guy wasn't like you know a star. Why He's wasn't so Why wasn't he writing for SNL or right. something? He should have been, yeah, a staff writer yeah. on something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are many, many, many funny people in this world who like never find their their niche. It's so true. It's so true. And for every, I, I've always thought this: for every person who is, you know, I have to deal with. Who's dour and miserable? Yeah. You need a good two, three people who are funny <laughs> get you out of that. Yeah, that's true. Right. There so, is strength in numbers. Yeah, if you're living with people or working with people like that, the dour people, just well, you know, you're you gonna have to tolerate it. Well, but then find some people to lift you up. It's like that say, Kath, you never know people's circumstances. Everybody's, you know, on a journey. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm oh just saying. my gosh. <laughs> I'm just that's what I'm I'm gonna up. give you a fake laugh. <laughs> You should watch Ted Lasso. That's my cure. For I've seen it. Now. I know. I don't mean you. I mean okay. one. Everyone should. Roger Olson. He's not going to be laughing. He's talking about oh, there no. is no such thing as the church. <laughs> no such. 101.5 WORD. Was Jesus born a virgin? Well, many deny it's true. Others say the Bible doesn't even teach the virgin birth. And what about the wise men? How many came to Bethlehem to see the baby Jesus? Was it three? or maybe more? Well, this week, Dr. J. Vernon McGee tackles these questions in our study of Matthew on Through the Bible. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. Now, Mike didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for our busy schedules. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Now, Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Now, the first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square, and use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. 
Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. This is Pastor Tom Hall of First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. Maybe you've missed church because of the pandemic. Maybe it's been years since you've come, or maybe you've never darkened a church door. But maybe it's time to discover God's love, God's truth, God's purpose for your life. Join us at First Presbyterian Church, 326th Avenue, downtown Pittsburgh, Sunday mornings at 1045 or online at fpcp.org. You are welcome here. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. At least in the circles that we travel in here, when we talk about the church, you often hear this, right? Well, the church this and the church that. And I wonder. Evangelicals this. Right. Evangelicals that. As though there is some particular, you know, monolith mm-hmm. that speaks for there's each some, and everyone. There's some governing body for all people who believe in Jesus. <laughs> Which would make things a little easier. Yeah, well, I, I guarantee that's not going to happen on this side of glory. Right. Well, Roger Olson is with us. Roger uh, from Baylor University, uh, the uh, theological seminary there. We're going to talk about his post-career. Uh, post He's in retirement, I do believe. There is no such thing as the church. He posted Pathios, the blog. And Roger, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you. It's good to be with you again. I'm not quite fully retired, but I'm I'm done with teaching, and uh, I have a sabbatical for the fall, so I'll oh. be done on the 31st, and then I'll be Professor Emeritus. Yay! Fabulous. Terrific. So you're easing your way out, Roger, by sabbatical, yeah. and then you're, like, retired. That's, like, a really quiet way to exit. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's wonderful. Um, does it drive you crazy, Roger, when people talk about, quote, evangelicalism oh. or this is what Christians say, or this is what the church does. Yeah, yeah. obviously, uh, from what I blogged, it does kind of drive me crazy. I try to hold that back a little bit, but I think some of my frustration came out because I saw a YouTube video of someone explaining why I left the Baptist church. Now, the person was not talking about a particular Baptist church. The person Mm -hmm. was talking about leaving Baptist tradition uh, and becoming something else. But there is no the Baptist church other than the individual local Baptist congregation. Right. Yeah. Within the Baptist church, I mean, how many separate denominations are there? Any idea? Oh, around 57 varieties, I think. like, like 57 the, uh, varieties off. of Baptist? Oh, I, at least, yes. <laughs> what? Okay, well, that makes sense. I mean, because if there's 57 varieties of Baptist, how many, uh, you know, Protestants or Methodists or whatever, um, there's got to be thousands and thousands. So it is kind of absurd. But, you know, is that mistake made by believers who, you know, signify the church? Or is that just people opining about the church who may be, you know, non-believers or journalists or whatnot? 
So another thing that happened recently was I was listening to a podcast that someone recommended to me, and uh, these two uh, very intelligent women theologians were talking. One of them is a well-known expert on American church history, and she kept referring to the American church. And I could tell from the conversation that what she was talking about was all Christians in America— but there is no the American church. I kept wondering, what, what denomination or congregation do you mean? Because she was being very critical of the American church and arguing that it needs to change, you know, and so forth. And I was thinking, but wait a minute, there is no one American, the American church. Right. Okay, now you can distill that down, though, because you do mention this in your Pathios piece, there is no such thing as the church. When you speak of the Catholic Church, right, the Pope in Rome, everybody can nod their head because that is unto itself, you know, the church, the Catholic Church. Yes, so if I were Catholic and I referred to the church with kind of a capital C, I would be referring to the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, But most often when I hear people talking about the American Church, for example, they're talking about kind of the collection of all uh, churches, and and there's just too much diversity for that. Sure. Roger Olson is with us, Foy Valentine Professor of Christian Theology and Ethics at George W. Truett Theological Seminary of the Baylor University. Um, And Roger, it's an interesting thing simply because there's so much conversation right now about people leaving evangelicalism. You know, I'm no longer calling myself an evangelical. I'm leaving that behind. And for, to be honest with you, very good reasons. Um, But it's interesting that they're not talking about their local church. You know, they're, they're like leaving some kind of large labeled collective right yeah. and and so i'm not i guess i'm not sure in some of those cases why it's necessary to announce it yeah i think that part of it is uh, because of the media's um talk in the last eight years uh especially the last four years about evangelicalism as kind of the republican party at prayer as right. they used to say about the tory party in great britain in the 19th century that it, that the church of england was the tory party at prayer And so the media has kind of promoted the view of evangelicalism in America as the Republican Party at prayer. And I I just don't think that's really fair because there's a lot of diversity among evangelicals. And I'm not sure there is one evangelical movement anymore, as there was, say, when Billy Graham was kind of the, uh, the figurehead of it in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Now, though, I talk about evangelical as an ethos, meaning a spiritual, theological ethos that many of us share in common, but there isn't necessarily a movement anymore. Mm-hmm. What it were, I mean, do you do you long in some ways for the movement? I mean, there are many people who look yeah. at the Billy Graham era and go, we were stronger, we were better then. Yes, I do. I mean, I admit it. I, I don't think it was a golden age or a time of perfection or anything, but there was a time when whenever I would uh, move to a new town or visit a new town with a friend or something like that, there would be an evangelical ministerial alliance there. Mm. And it was usually affiliated with the National Association of Evangelicals. And, of course, Billy Graham was looked up to as kind of the figurehead of all this. And that was a time when people of different denominations came together to support Billy Graham and similar evangelistic efforts and missions and world relief and things like that. And we, we look past our denominational differences, not giving them up but looking past them in order to cooperate with each other. And then I've noticed in the last 25 to 30 years a lot of fighting among evangelicals to where they won't even speak to each other over controversies such as women in ministry, just to pick one example. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, I, I wonder, you know, I mean, you look at evangelicalism or Christianity where we are today, and so much of it to me is driven by, you know, in air quotes, celebrity pastors. When the fact of the matter is, I mean, I think we all know really wonderful pastors who are doing good and godly work at the local corner church, and no one pays them any mind. And so, you know, does that even matter when, you know, there's those, you know, uh, the evangelical pastors with their fancy sneakers and high-priced watches who are gathering all the attention, and, you know, tens of thousands of people show up on a Sunday morning at basketball stadiums and whatnot and bow their heads. I mean, does that make any difference? So I was talking to a journalist, a pretty high-level journalist who worked for a major uh, news media corporation about this. And I said to her, um, why do the corner evangelical pastors, you know, of the smaller churches not get any attention? Why Why does no media ever call me about evangelicalism? I'm a scholar. I've written books about the subject. She says, because my bosses say they're only in, they're only interested in those with influence. And, mm. and my answer to her was, they give them the influence. Yeah, right, right. So who decides which evangelical pastors have influence? Largely the media, and it's the pastors who are controversial. Right. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Roger Olson with us from George W. Truett Theological Seminary in Baylor University of Texas. Um, Roger, what about being lumped in with people that we don't agree with or people who's within the body yeah people whose political yeah. positions we don't we didn't sign on for people who's th- with right. whose theological positions we didn't sign on for people whose uh, personal moral decisions we didn't sign on for yeah of course that frustrates me uh when i'm lumped together with them uh just because i wear the label evangelical proudly I'm, I'm affiliated in their minds, in the public mind, with, say, someone who is a real right-wing uh, person, extremist, you know. And uh, I want to distance myself from, not so much from them as from that, and say, don't lump us all together. We share some things in common, such as conversion to Jesus Christ in a decision of faith is essential to being an authentic and a Christian. We share that in common. That's what, one thing that makes us evangelical, but not politics. Uh, You can be anywhere on the spectrum politically and be evangelical. So, I mean, I wonder, you know, I was just, I just said the the term, you know, we're the the part of the body, the body of Christ. I mean, is that a better term? You know, Mm -hmm. if you're a believer, you're part of the body of Christ as opposed to an evangelical or whatever label you want to raise yourself. And I guess... (laughs) Why would you choose? Yeah. Why would anybody choose to speak for one whole specter of of faith, of Christian faith, when, of course, your whole point is that there is no such thing as the church. We're all disparate in our beliefs in many ways, but we do believe. I hope that y'all do believe that there is one thing that Lord, the Lord Jesus, is the Lord of the universe. Yeah, I think that uh, that that some people at least think that it gives them power and influence. An influence that leads to power mm-hmm. to be to kind of emerge in the public spotlight as kind of the Pope of evangelicalism. And there are several people, and I'm not going to name any names, of course, but several pastors and evangelists who want to pick up kind of the fallen mantle of Billy Graham and be kind of the Pope of evangelicalism. And uh, you know, I don't think that's really ever going to happen again for a long time. But I think some people want that. Interesting things to consider, Roger, but I certainly agree with you. I've, I've 
felt similar ways, especially just as things have unfolded over the last, you know, I don't know, five, ten years. Um, you do just want to say, how about we just like talk about Jesus himself or I can tell you about my local church or whatever and like skip the big labels. Yeah, that would be nice, but unfortunately, people won't let it be. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, these labels uh, point to categories, and we kind of need categories. Yeah, that's uh, how we look at each other. Yeah, it's part of being in the fallen condition that we're in, I think. It's a necessary evil. Labels and categories are a necessary evil, and I specialize in them. So that's part <laughs> of what Yeah, I you, you spent a career analyzing those, so I guess you should be yeah. grateful for them, right? Right. I, I, I wrote and edited the uh, Handbook of Denominations in the United right. States, the 14th edition. So, I, obviously, that's kind of my special area. Yeah, he delved into the 57 varieties of Baptist during yes. those dark years. Uh, Roger Olson, so happy to have you with us. Roger Olson yeah. is the Foy Valentine Professor of Christian Theology and Ethics at George W. Truett Theological Seminary, Baylor University. Yes, look for him online at Pathios, where he uh, does post regularly at his blog. Thank you, Roger. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. We'll step away for just a few minutes. Food labels and the lies they tell us about grocery stories. I don't buy. I don't. I don't believe those labels. Best before expiration yep, dates. I don't buy them. It's Trinity Jewelers' fifth annual half off half the store sale. Trinity invites you to bring your better half July 15th through 21st and get half off half the store. 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. Select items up to 75% off. So shop early for the best selection. Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating 21 years at their schoolhouse location. Ends July 21st. Visit TrinityJewelers.com. Procrastinators, this commercial is for you. And don't worry, it will air tomorrow as well in case that's better for you. We all procrastinate at some things, right? For me, it's letting my crazy grass grow. But when it comes to procrastinating, there's always a light bulb moment where we finally realize I've waited too long. Like when the squirrels in my yard disappear other than their tails. It's Ryan. And last year, mortgage rates dropped to historic lows. Then they went up a bit. But as of late, they've dropped back down which means that many homeowners could still refinance today and save significant monthly and lifelong money. At United Faith Mortgage, we're not really fans of saying, act now. You don't need another company yelling at you. But if you're the procrastinator who feels like they've waited too long, you should know that it may not be too late. Know that we'll do most of the work and that it'd be our honor to help. At United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Looking for a school that supports your goals as Christian parents? Cornerstone Prep in West Mifflin is partnering with this station to offer half off your first year's tuition. For families across 15 South Hills districts, this makes a true discipleship-modeled approach to education twice as affordable. Elementary through high school graduation. Now offering five-day pre-K for three and four-year-olds. Cornerstone Prep, preparing Christian students for life after graduation. Get half off a year's tuition while it lasts at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. 
Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Have you heard this figure? 40% of food produced in America heads to the landfill or is otherwise wasted. 40%. Every year, the average American family throws out somewhere between $1,300 or $2,275, according to a landmark study from way back in 2013, co-authored by the Harvard Food Law and Policy Clinic. Now, those figures, as damning as they are, and of course they are, they belie the expired food marker mm-hmm. on, you name it, right? Your ketchup, your... Macaroni and cheese. All those things, right? And so, I mean, we used to do this. You'd go through your refrigerator and you look at that, oh... That's this expired. Is, that's four days past or a month past or whatever. You'd do the little sniff test and think, oh, I got to get rid of that. Well... Food experts are saying that the expired label is bunk, and you shouldn't buy into this, that this is a income producer for the food mm. service people, and they just, of course, you know, put a shorter limit on that to want you to buy sooner, so, of course, you're always back at the grocery store. What do you think? Listen, this is something that my family laughs at me about, but I, it's when I go into the medicine cabinet, I pull out the Tylenol. Yeah. It's expired in 2018. I'm not throwing it out. Think it still works? I feel like it still works. What I'm it- not a pharmacist. I don't have any clinical knowledge, but I just I don't. Come on, I use. But however, I pulled out some. I had a, a insect bite the other day. I pulled the Benadryl out of my out of my thing. Didn't but, work. Well, it it worked. It didn't maybe work as well as I thought I would. Uh, it would, and I looked at it. and It expired in 2010. So probably eleven years yeah, might be see, a little beyond. That's a chemical compound out of the that's window. probably breaking down somewhere. Like yeah. I know. But but here's the thing: I'm not throwing it away. You're going to use it? Sure, I'm what, using it. Well, what, you, my guess is you probably still itch. A little, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it was perfectly effective. I'm just saying I didn't feel right throwing right. out the whole tube of Benadryl. When I was a kid, my uh, in our kitchen. I was obsessed. I don't know why this. my mother did this, but she had like a couple of like square boxes of gelatin. And I swear to you, these were probably from like the Great Depression, <laughs> but they were still sitting on the shelf in my mother's yeah. kitchen. And I was like, that is the coolest thing I ever saw. Like, there was like a food museum in our- In the kitchen. And she never, I'm sure whenever they left the house, they probably threw them in the, in, but we held on to right. those. Was it Knox gelatin? I think it might have been. I think it probably was. You know, like yeah. it, but it was like nostalgia. However, I do find myself like, you know, going into the, the produce bin and thinking, oh, I didn't eat those snow peas. You know, they they look a little brown. Oh, I feel, isn't that terrible? Right. I know. Like a whole, like Some, something brand something, new. And, and here's the thing. Some things you can revive, other things you can't. Like if you're, if you're leafy greens, which I buy a ton of. If those go, there's no bringing them back. Do? I mean, if they're a little wilted, you can put them in ice water and revitalize them. But if they've started to rot, what just if they're brown get and gelatinous? Out. That's bad news. Out. Get rid you know, of it. You know what I'm saying, right? How about an avocado mm. that has gone past? Super squish. It can't. 
I mean, you cut it open, you look at it. I'll always go around with a spoon and take away the green parts yeah, that yeah, I can yeah, still yeah. use. But otherwise, it's got to go. How about if it you know, makes it to the guacamole stage and it gets all browned out? You're going to eat it or not? No. Wait, you're going to scrape? I'm going to scrape a little bit. Yeah, scrape the top off? Yeah, yeah I'd do that. I guess that's, a, that's an okay idea. But you know that if you, if it's... If you take a big bite of the guacamole and it's over, it's the whole thing's over, like that's really like, terrible. It's <laughs> bad. You can't do that. <laughs> what about eggs? You think what, the expiration date on eggs? <laughs> I think it's fine. I don't buy that. What? You think an egg goes bad? No, no. I don't think it does. Okay. Like I'm not buying the expiration date. I'm going to eat the eggs. Anyway, I mean, look, it's we, an egg. I'll hard we talk it. about Watch, know. they're going to be all these food safety people and all these people from pharmaceutical companies who are, gotten... gonna, who are going to call Christy, our producer, and say, those two people don't no, know no, what no, they're no. saying. Have you ever gotten food poisoning in your own kitchen? No, but I got food poisoning in someone else's. Well, right? But not in your own home. At a restaurant, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a restaurant. Either. All right. Anyway, don't waste food. It's a shame. Don't waste it. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden, speaking from the White House in the last hour, defended the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, saying it's not in our interest to continue the war. He says the United States did not leave the country defenseless. We provided our Afghan partners with all the tools, let me emphasize, all the tools, training equipment of any modern military. We provided advanced weaponry, and we're going to continue to provide funding and equipment. And we'll ensure they have the capacity to maintain their air force. But most critically, as I stressed in my meeting just two weeks ago with President Ghani and Chairman Abdullah, Afghan leaders have to come together. Meanwhile, the Taliban continues to gain ground in Afghanistan, although the president says a Taliban takeover in Afghanistan is not inevitable. This is SRN News. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. Now, Mike didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for our busy schedules. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Now, Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Now, the first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. 
Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com slash HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com slash HR. That's bamboohr.com slash HR. Hi, this is Robert Jermalowski, owner of Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, Remodeling. Looking for a new roof or siding upgrade? Call us for a free estimate at 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Hey, Pittsburgh, help make your streets safer for everyone so the people driving cars, riding bikes, taking buses, and walking can get where they're going faster and easier. Champion safer and more connected streets at MoveForwardPGH.org. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees, like Portersville Christian School in Portersville, PA, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. We'll see mostly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be humid with a thunderstorm this evening, followed by a passing shower late, low 67. Mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow with thunderstorm in spots of the afternoon. We'll see a high tomorrow of 76. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 59. Saturday, we'll start off the weekend with times of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Saturday of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for coming along today for this uh, this edition, the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, this uh, Thursday, July 8th, I-, I hope that heaven is, I imagine, like this in many ways. That as the sun sets... There's this long, long, long protracted dusk where you're out in your backyard and it's like hours of fading sunlight. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been going on now. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, first day of summer with the 21st and uh, we're still feeding on that long day. But I just, I want to sit out in my yard uh, in my favorite lawn chair and sitting uh, by that table and just soak this up. But I, I read today that my favorite lawn chair, apparently, around the uh, country is in peril because there is a super, super shortage of lawn furniture, part of that supply chain blitz that happened from the pandemic forward. And, you know, of all the things you think about, it's not one of the things I think about because I'm kind of, you know, you think, well, as far as my lawn furniture, I'm set. Sure. But for those who are out there trying to buy lawn furniture... Good luck. They're saying until maybe 2023 will things get back to normal. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. And the same thing I'm reading, the prices of lawn furniture have increased by, in some instances, 26%. Oh, my gosh. Retroactively to the orders. So I was out at a uh, a retail outlet that uh, specializes in fireplaces in winter. And lawn chair in summer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can have a year-round business. Yeah. 
And uh, I was there maybe three months ago. And this is the first I heard about the patio furniture shortage yeah. because they said, well, it's a good thing that you're looking for a fireplace and not for a patio because you've got no hope of patio furniture for the next two years. And I thought, that's a funny joke. But that's actually saying, that right? that's yeah. actually the true story right shipping you know china production you know materials whatnot shipping containers yada yada all those things have slowed things down right. tremendously okay so i have a better idea mm-hmm. so if you're longing for patio furniture and you're not able to access because of all the supply chain issues that john has brought up Where i you suggest you do what i did you go on to craigslist yeah. You find a great unit, and then you call your friend John Hall, and you say, John, I need you to meet me in Butler tomorrow. I'll be there. I need you to help me load all this furniture in your car and my car because my car isn't big enough. And then will you drive all that to my house, and then will you help me unload it on my front porch? What am I going to say? No. No. You know what? I'll see you at 4 o'clock instead. (laughs) That's exactly exactly what I did. I did. And it worked out. But here's the the thing. It worked out for me as well because while I was out there- Why would you get out of it? Oh, right. I bought this like, you know, one of those big plastic outdoor storage boxes. Right. For for cushions or whatever. Which I had been looking for, and there it was in that same you know uh, place where you bought, and I was like, "How much?" And she was like, "And I was like, great, good to go." And I went back the next day and picked that up. So, so we're listen. So, so we so we meet in Butler at some woman's storage, uh, storage, storage container, yeah. right? And I get the furniture out, and then John Scope and all the rest of her stuff. I'm checking around, and he's he's, he's like giving offers. What do you think about that? Give me 25 for that. I would be remiss if I didn't make a bid on something. There were things that I was interested in, right? Oh, my God. You ever watch Stores Wars? Uh, yeah. I mean, Makes me know, a little nervous. It's made for television. It's so cheesy, you know, the personalities and whatnot. But I do like the idea of it. I get anxious for everyone. I, I, listen, I can't watch. I had to stop. I thought this, like, Pawn Stars is enjoyable. You know, whatever. Like, storage, because they came on about the same time. Right. Storage Wars is one, one, like, level of anxiety too far for me. I mean, I see Barry, who shows up on. Yeah. And I go, oh, Barry's here. I, Barry's I don't here. have a chance. Like, I, guess, no. I got I'm no not, chance at all. And I'm, I'm going to beat Barry. Yep. Yep. What's up with that? Right. You know, right. someone looking. Okay. Would you ever get a storage container? Would you purchase a storage unit for yourself or a family member? Well, if I did, I mean, if circumstances were, you know, put up, I would feel bad about it because I'd feel like, you know, that's too much. I do. I just rather you know pass it along, right? To right. give it away, give it to somebody. Right. What am I doing with that stuff in the container for? How badly do I need well, those that's things? What I'm asking you. No. Okay, so the answer is no. No, probably. Okay. I mean, Chris, hopefully, that's what I'm saying. Christy, have you ever had a storage container? No, I, I'm broke now. <laughs> that's that's an you don't have answer. enough for a regular location, let alone a storage that's container. Right, right. Okay, good. That, that's excellent. All right. Why would you do a storage container? Well, this is a, this is a conversation that has been ongoing in our household simply because right. I just sold my parents' house. Okay, so right? you've got all this stuff. Right. My mom and dad recently passed away, and I had to sell their house and consolidate all their things. Mm-hmm. And so when we were doing it, we said, okay, we're just going to get a storage container. We're going to put stuff in the storage container so that we can sell the house. Yeah. But then as we were pricing out a storage container, it's pricey. we thought, well, now that's just throwing money away. And it's just delaying the inevitable. The inevitable. Our, our choices of what we're going. It, so anyway, so we jammed everything in, into our house. We did. Mm. We did not buy a storage container. So it's in the basement. But several times, and in the attic, mm. and under the beds, and in the spare room, right. and like wherever it could go. Right. Several times I have thought, you know, it would have been easier probably if we would have done the storage container. Right. However, I don't know if it would have been better. 
Okay, so a friend of mine, same kind of thing, a friend of mine who I've known for decades, and his dad was Mr. Antique, like Mm. so much so that this guy would take shopping trips, I kid you not, to Italy, and then have things shipped over. And I I saw him for for lunch recently at Eaton Park, and he was like, I'm leaving Pittsburgh, I'm selling everything I can, and I'm moving to Arizona. I want to go and live in the desert. And he was like, do you want anything? And I said to him, you know that gigantic <laughs> that gigantic marble horse head that was in your dad's apartment and now is sitting in your backyard? Could I have that? And he was like, bring a dolly and somehow we'll get that thing. And then I thought, I've wanted that thing forever. Then I thought, where am I going to put a gigantic gonna... marble horse head? What is that going to look like? I'm just saying, the things that you desire at one stage of your life, you kind of go, it's really impractical. Right to have this gigantic marble horse head, but I think it's just so cool. It's from Italy. It's like probably it's probably three feet tall. It must weigh five thousand pounds. And so when you just put that in your yard I was and just like pat it on then the, I'd the go, head when you walk past it, and then I think I'm not the kind of a guy to have a gigantic marble horse head in my yard, <laughs> let alone in this guy's apartment. Right, this is like somebody's gated community, Exit. you know, uh, showpiece. It was the guy lived in a penthouse. I mean, you know, it was like this gorgeous thing at one point. Yeah, well, you don't, don't have a penthouse. So that'll probably. be like end up in my storage container or maybe Christie's whenever right. she gets some cash. <laughs> we'll, look, we'll look forward to that. That's right. All right. Coming up next, yes. here is the question. If you tell people they're wrong, is it going to help them to change? Mm. Our next guest says, absolutely not. Right. Stop it. You're wrong. I know that for certain. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Somebody has described our generation this way. We are a needy generation, too ignorant to explain life, and too weak to overcome it. But it need not be you if you will discover a wonderful truth called Kingdom Authority. Hear more of Adrian Rogers' series, The Incredible Power of Kingdom Authority, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. When was the last time you watched your home movies? Do you have a VCR anymore? What about a film projector? With technology constantly changing, most families don't have a way to enjoy their recorded memories, trapped on VHS, camcorder tapes, film reels, and photos. That's why we created Legacy Box over a decade ago. Legacy Box is an affordable mailed-in kit to have your aging media digitized to DVD, thumb drive, or the cloud. Our trained technicians digitize everything by hand right here in the U.S. Imagine being able to easily relive weddings, graduations, babies' first steps, and more. Get started future-proofing your memories today so you can gather the whole family together and begin the trip down memory lane. Plus, for a limited time, we're offering 40% off. Visit LegacyBox.com LBOX to get an exclusive 40% off. Buy today to take advantage of this incredible offer and send in when you're ready. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. 
and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash KeepStock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Often I talk to uh, my two sons, uh, one's 21, one's 23. We talk about, have you been on um, Facebook today? Have you been on Twitter? Have, what have you been, you know, what are you reading? What are you, you know, that whole thing. But we often talk about don't get into that dogfight. Do not go there, right? I mean, because it, sometimes it becomes enticing. You think, oh, that guy, I'm reading something. Mm-hmm. That guy is totally wrong. I mean, I clearly, I disagree with you in so many ways. And you might want to opine and tell the guy why he is wrong. Of course, you know. That's diminishing returns in every such such way. Well, Jared Bias is with us. Jared's co-host of the popular podcast, The Bible for Normal People, author of Love Matters More. And he's here to talk to us about a post that we saw at Relevant Magazine, telling people they're wrong doesn't help them change. Jared, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. All right, Jared. So, I mean, if you told me that I was wrong and I should change, I'd be mad. And I would say, you don't really know me, Jared. So how about you keep your thoughts to yourself? Uh, but when I'm on the other side, somehow I feel this compulsion. Like, it's what, important. What is, what, I need to tell like, you. It's my like moral obligation. I need to tell somebody what I think. Why do, why do we feel like we need to do that? Well, I, I think part of it is we, especially as Christians over the years, maybe we privilege kind of getting the facts right. And mm. we maybe haven't given enough attention to the relationships. I think what you said is exactly right. You don't know me. So how do we do the harder work of building relationships? And then in that context, giving each other opinions about what we, our beliefs and other things, uh, you know, I want that from people that I trust and I know have my best interests at heart. And I know they do because they invest in my life. So I think it's more of a call to, to better relationships rather than just, you know, spouting off our opinions, which we're so good at now online and, and other places. Right. Okay. So Jared, in your piece, telling people the wrong doesn't help them change, you bring up the band Mumford and Sons and one of your favorite songs. Now, tell our audience, in case they missed this, we talked about this a week or so ago about Mumford and Sons and that whole brouhaha. I mean, that's a wild story. Uh, what's your take on it? I guess tell the story first. Which story are you talking about exactly? We're talking about the story about the banjo player who left the band. Yeah. Have you heard this? Oh, heard yeah. That? Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, did. And yeah. so someone told him he was wrong. And it's so much so, it, you know, basically well, not, ended his no, career. No, it wasn't that somebody told him he was wrong. It was 10,000 people right. who told him that he shouldn't have read a book. Um, and they didn't like what he said about it. And he just didn't feel like he could drag the band members through all of that. I mean, it just shows how unbelievably hostile our culture is. And we just cannot talk. We just can't seem to tolerate somebody who is even asking a question or reading a book or expressing an idea that we don't endorse. Yeah, no, I, I think you said it exactly right. I think there, that we have to be able to create more room for people to disagree. And I think part of this, you know, when we talk about change, 
I, I've been talking with a lot of people about this cancel cancel culture, where you know something we said 15, 20 years ago now cancels us for all time amongst our friends, family, careers, and we don't have the space for change to actually happen and transformation to happen. And so I just think there's this call for grace um, amidst our disagreements and differences. I think we need a lot more of that. Right. Okay. So then, then how do you engage? I mean, obviously you've got a public platform that you've created for yourself, and you know you can easily say, "Hey, you're wrong." Do you do that? Yeah, I, I wouldn't ever do it that way. I, I'm very much interested in hearing people uh, first. So I, I have this phrase I say, um, curiosity and judgment make poor roommates. So I always want to be curious first. Um, so how can I be curious in a conversation and really get to the bottom of people's motives? I always want to ask clarifying questions before I question people's motives. And so that's a huge thing for me is, is entering a conversation not to blame or to say you're wrong, but to say, help me understand how you got to the opinion that you have. And then maybe we can disagree when we're further down the road, when I truly understand and I've taken the time to listen to what you have to say and why you're saying it. Yeah. Okay. Let's take the example that you wrote about at the very beginning of your piece, Jared, where, you know, it's a, it's a guy who has a grown daughter and uh, she, he raised her in a, a Christian environment. Now she's an adult. She's made different choices. She's sleeping with her boyfriend. And dad says, I feel like I need to say something to her. I feel like I need to say, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, and so he presented this to you and said, hey, Jared, what do you think I should do? Yeah. And I think for me, again, it was a matter of uh, the context, you know, she had grown up in his house. It was very clear what the what the values were, what he believed about things. He had said this to her before. So this wasn't like a first time revelation for her. But what was in question, I think, in that moment was even if I'm going to make different choices than my dad, is he going to love me unconditionally? And for me, that's sort of the heart of, of the gospel uh, is how can we love people unconditionally, not just when they agree with us. And so that was what was in question was, I thought the question behind the question was, is my dad going to love me and accept me for who I am? Um, and I think the challenge is often we think because uh, our love of someone in relationship is a, is a condoning or it's an accepting of a practice that we disagree with. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's true. I, I think we can, we can state our peace and if they disagree, we can let it go. And we can still be in relationship with people that we disagree with. That's a hard thing. I bet there are a lot of people who are listening to this saying, no, I don't buy that. Because so much of our current Christian culture is wrapped up in being right. That's really hard to, I, I don't know, do you see that? Yeah, I mean, the, this excerpt from this uh, piece you're talking about came from my book, Love Matters More where the subtitle is how fighting to be right keeps us from loving like Jesus. There you go. And it's that idea that we made an idol of being right about all the facts. And so that's how we decide who's in and who's out. Do we have the facts right? And for me, when I see the New Testament, I just see such an emphasis on love. Yeah. You know, the greatest commandment of Jesus isn't, um, you know, make sure you get your, your Bible facts right. It's do you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? And do you love your neighbor as yourself? That's the great. That's what everything hangs on. Not did we get it all right, um, but I think there's a lot of fear that we're going to get it wrong, um, and so I think that comes out in our conversations with right. people. I think that's the key thing, right? I think a lot of believers are living in an era of deep fear, mm -hmm. and so they're overwhelmed by the culture yeah. that we live in. So you're either angry or you're fearful, and you push back in some way. Half the time, you know, you're ill-informed or half-formed, and you just make yourself look bad, and you know, it's just not good for anybody. 
Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, you know, in, in the Proverbs, and I think it's chapter 26, we have this interesting back-to-back uh, -back verse where it says, answer a fool according to their folly, uh, lest they're wise in their own eyes. And then the next verse says, don't answer a fool according to their folly, lest you be like him. Mm. And, and the point I think is, you know, it takes wisdom to know. Right. And, and anybody who's been on Facebook for 10 minutes yes. has run into this dilemma. Do I answer the fool according to their folly or do I not? Right. Um, so it's this wisdom that we have to have through these experiences. And I think we, you know, we can learn when we, when we hear from each other, whether people are feeling loved or not. At the end of the day, for me, that's the litmus test. Are people really feeling loved? Um, and I know for me that I, I like it. I feel loved when people speak the truth in the context of a relationship where they've invested in me. Outside of that, I don't really take it as love often. Um, but those people who've done the hard work of being in relationship with me and, and loving me well, I want to hear the truth from them. And I take that as love. So what if, though, um, so let's take, I started out the segment talking about, you know, me and you. So we've never met before. And you decide to weigh in on something about my life. And I'm a little hacked off because I think, you know, Jared Bias doesn't know me. Crying out loud. Um, so, so that would be awkward. That would just be a poor choice that would be an unwise thing for someone who doesn't know somebody else to weigh in and say you know what you're doing is stupid but it happens every day it does happen what well, happened that twitter wouldn't exist if that didn't happen right, right? okay so okay but talk about like an an intimate relationship maybe it's a spouse thing or maybe it's two good friends or something even then even then i wonder if we overstep a little i just wonder if maybe i don't know and i i'm not saying i'm right about this but i I wonder if sometimes we should just wait to be asked. I don't know. What or, do you think? Or even ask, or even ask permission. Would, you know, would mm. you mind if I give you some feedback or share a little bit of my thoughts, just my opinion? You know, I, would you mind? And then if they say no, we don't need to take that personally. We need to accept that we're not at that place in our relationship, or they're not at a place where they're going to take that well. So I think asking for permission mm. is important. And the second thing I would think too is, I, I just think sometimes. Um, the repetition is what can be hurtful. It's, it's that we feel like every, so if I go to Thanksgiving dinner and every year my aunt has to tell me that this thing I did was uh, unchristian or not good, you know, this is sinful. It's like, you've already told me that I'm an adult. I remember last year. I remember you said that mm. we just disagree on that. Um, and so can we, can we move on? And so to, to say it once so that you can feel like you've said what you feel like you need to say, I, I can get behind that in some cases. Um, but to keep, you know, badgering someone with it over and over, thinking that that's going to change them, it just anecdotally and also just psychologically not really how it works. That's not how people change. Right. Okay. So, Jared, uh, in your piece, you write, it's not that people don't change without judgment from others. It's that people don't change without acceptance from others. And I get that, right? But when you see people, uh, you know, whether it's you, your wife or your husband or whatever, your child, I mean, I, I don't necessarily accept what you're doing here. I can't accept that. It's, it's clearly what's going on here is wrong, so I have to speak to that. But, you know, you also talk about, you know, speaking truth with love, which is also a minefield. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, it comes down to what we mean by accept it, right? I can say that it's not, it's for me and in, in how I perceive of what it means to be Christian and to be a Christian witness in the world, I can think that that's a wrong choice or a wrong behavior. Um, and I can say that. But that's not the same thing as saying that I can't accept you and I can't mm. like the things that you like and I can't be in relationship with you and I can't right. embrace you and I can't be there for you when you need me. And I can also not 
share that opinion with you every time I show up to you, because then that becomes the thing I identify you with and you become reduced to the things that I disagree with you about mm. rather than how do we celebrate the things that we really do agree with. And I, you know, I have family that I disagree with on some really important things and we've talked through that and I know where they stand. They know where I stand, but that doesn't mean every time we get together, we have to start rehashing the same old things. Right. How do yeah. we love each other in that? Yeah, it's hard. I, you know, I'm thinking about all the times I've done this horribly in my life, which are like, multitudinous and it's humiliating and I just need to repent of all of them. Um, but I think my fear the whole time, and this is the last question for you, Jared, is I think I thought if I didn't say something, I was letting God down. What? Okay. I, I'm, I'm, but, I'm, not, then, saying, oh, wait, I'm not saying that was the right perspective, but I'm saying I think that was my motivation. But then are you speaking for God? I, I'm not I'm not saying I was right. I already said I needed to repent. Right, okay. I, all right. Here comes Kath. She's, you know, speaking for God incarnate. <laughs> I said I was wrong. Which is really dangerous. I mean, a lot of people think that. Jared, right? intervene. Help me. Well, I thought you guys were going to play out a great example. Yeah, of what we'll, I, I thought you guys we'll, were going to disagree here. And, we'll, we'll do, and we'll it, do it off the air, Jared. <laughs> With love. I think that's I think that's exactly right. Is is the deep down in that story I told in the piece was somebody feeling like they were letting God down. But I just don't know where we get that biblically. Yeah. That we we are obligated to share our opinions about everyone's moral behaviors. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. Um, but I do have these examples of the prodigal son and these other examples of extravagant grace and love toward people that are often maybe undeserving. Um, and so I think that's a really, for me, that's the trajectory of Jesus. And that's the trajectory or the, or the path I want to take is how do we overcome our differences with love? And that's really hard if you feel obligated to be a good Christian means I have to tell yeah. you when you're wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'll that's take good. that. Yeah. Hey, Jared, uh, people are listening to you and they want to find you online. Talk to us about your podcast and what else you're producing. Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to jaredbias.com where you'll find Love Matters More and all the things that I'm up to. But also the podcast that I uh, co-host is called The Bible for Normal People, and you can just find that at thebibleformnormalpeople.com. Terrific. We, yeah, Jared. We appreciate your time. Yeah, with thank us. you. Well nice done. to meet you. Absolutely. Thank you My so pleasure. much. We'll take a quick break. It's our daily feature, Does This Make Sense? That it doesn't. That's next here on The Ride Home. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. Now, Mike didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for our busy schedules. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Now, Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Now, the first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress stopper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. It's Trinity Jewelers' fifth annual half-off, half-the-store sale. 
Trinity invites you to bring your better half July 15th through 21st and get half off half the store. 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. Select items up to 75% off. So shop early for the best selection. Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating 21 years at their schoolhouse location. Ends July 21st. Visit trinityjewelers.com. This is Pastor Tom Hall of First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. Maybe you've missed church because of the pandemic. Maybe it's been years since you've come, or maybe you've never darkened a church door. But maybe it's time to discover God's love, God's truth, God's purpose for your life. Join us at First Presbyterian Church, 326th Avenue, downtown Pittsburgh, Sunday mornings at 1045 or online at fpcp.org. You are welcome here. Are you looking to grow your career with an MBA? Waynesburg University offers an affordable 100% online 30-credit MBA program, which can be completed in less than two years. To learn more, visit waynesburg.edu. Craig Schweiger of Pittsburgh-based Federated Mortgage has spent 30 years helping thousands in our city with their mortgage needs. As home prices, wages, and the cost of living are rapidly increasing, many seniors on fixed incomes are struggling just to live a comfortable retirement. Call 412-866-HOME or tune in to Craig's radio show to get the facts about reverse mortgages and ways that can help ease the burden seniors and their families often face in retirement. Call 412-866-HOME or tune in Saturday at 7 a.m. on 101.5 FM WORD. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORD FM Pittsburgh. We'll see mostly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be humid with a thunderstorm this evening, followed by a passing shower late, low 67. Mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow with thunderstorm in spots of the afternoon. We'll see a high tomorrow of 76. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 59. Saturday, we'll start off the weekend with times of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Saturday of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Does that make sense? Does what make sense? Skipping the credits. Oh. So this thing that Netflix does, Amazon Prime does, you finish watching your film or your TV show, and instantly they're bumping you into the next episode. Sure, they want to keep you hooked in there. Right. And there's no time. I mean, there's sometimes there's like five seconds where you can look at the credits before you're bumped into the next thing. You can change that. Does that make sense? Well, here's the deal. When we go to the movie theater, for decades, my wife and I would sit there and we would watch the entire credits because we knew people in the credits. You know, the makeup people, the best boys, the key grip, whatnot. And it was always kind of a thrill for us. Hey, man, you know, he's on that film. He's on that show. That's cool. So I just, as a matter of... I don't know, just habit and encouragement. I always watch the credits. I like the credits. I mean, there are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people behind the scenes that I think, you know, by sitting there watching them, it does something to, I kind of honor them in some way. That's all. I like the credits. It makes sense to me. Do you script, do you skip the credits? No. Okay, good. And it's, you use the exact word I used. Don't, I feel like I need to honor the people that made that thing. Yeah. 
They're all and, part of the machinery. And there's something about skipping to the next episode right away or the next. That's just a sickening symptom <laughs> of our sick culture. That's kind of rough. I mean, a sickening symptom of skipping the credits. Next time I do that, because I have, you know, not like I'm, you know, religiously not skipping the credits. All of a sudden I look at myself and go, that's sickening, John. All right. about it. The credits. All right, does this make sense? All right. Tonight, the Butler Big Fair. The Demolition Derby. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Does the Demolition Derby make sense? Mm-hmm. Naps. That is nonsensical. What? I don't like anything about it. I love it. I think that it, like, I'd rather watch only credits and what? not the films and TV. Only credits tonight for two hours instead of watching the Demolition Derby. I love the Demolition Get Derby. Get out of here. I love it. I love it so much. And I'm looking at, you know, tonight... Demolition Derby uh, in Butler. Then, July 24th, there's one at the Westmoreland Fairgrounds. Why do you like that? What? It's controlled chaos. It's guys in beater cars just crushing each other to wreck each other's cars. It's It's smoke and fire. There's a mess everywhere. Someone has to clean that up. It's such a blast. I love the Demolition Derby. And uh, uh, too bad I can't go tonight to the Butler Big Fair because I would love to check it out. It's just like the coolest thing. If you got a kid, if you've never been to the uh, Demolition Derby, go. Go. The credits? Don't go. Watching the credits? I'm sorry. It does make sense. 101.5 WORD. I'm Donna Cruz. Join Penny and me this weekend for Keep the Faith. We'll share encouragement to engage strange and scary things with confidence. Can he do it again? Of course he can do it again. He already did it. Will he? I don't know. A mind has wings. It can soar. But a mind also has an anchor. I hope you can join us for Keep the Faith. Saturday night at 10 on 101.5 Word FM. W-O-R-D. Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the spring house in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory? 
factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement. Offer valid through 831-21. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsrspittsburgh.com. Everything that we do in the office is to provide a comforting feel to you and your family. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We do value the time that you spend at our office, and we understand that you don't have hours and hours because lives are crazy nowadays. But we want to really make sure that the time you're spending with us is efficient and effective and works for you as an individual. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Washington, D.C. proves to be endlessly fascinating, especially at the intersection of faith and politics. Now, I'm reading from um, a piece that was on the wire today from Religion News Service. And uh, bear with me while I just read a, a few paragraphs here. It says this. As the U.S. House of Representatives began calling the roll last month to vote on a repeal of the 2002 authorization for use of military force, staffers at the Friends Committee on National Legislation, it's an organization, the Friends Committee on National Legislation couldn't stop messaging each other. According to Shoshana Abrams, a manager of advocacy team at the FCNL, her colleagues began frantically chatting over Zoom as the votes trickled in. Meanwhile, members of the FCNL's volunteer network exchanged exuberant emails, their excitement peaking as they watched numbers tick up among a difficult-to-persuade demographic Republican lawmakers. She says, it was like 20 Republicans, 48 Republicans. It was our team really seeing that their work was paying off. Now, founded in 1943, the Quaker group, the FCNL, whose tradition often refers to members as friends, has long taken an anti-war posture. It lobbied against conscription way back during World War II, launched a successful decades-long campaign to defeat legislation in the 1950s that would have required military training for young women. The group has not let up since. Its headquarters, the Quakers' headquarters, still sits across the street from the Senate offices on Capitol Hill, often adorned with the distinctive blue and white signs that decry war. Now, I think it's fascinating because the Quakers go way back to the 17th century right, with when, King Charles II right, of England. Right. That's. I, I think that they, I mean, they were, they're much older than that, actually, but their anti-war stance Efforts. traces back there. Um so they've been anti-war for a long time. What well, I'm just shocked that they have space right across from the Senate. I think it says an awful lot about their draw. Here's the weird thing. They have less than 400,000 members right. worldwide. Really? Worldwide. Really? Okay, so let me compare this. They have less than the Quakers have less than 400,000 members worldwide. Right. The Southern Baptists have 14 million in this country. Yeah. But I mean, to think about those 400,000 people and their offices right how'd across from get, the Senate. How'd they get a spot there? I believe it's, you know, well-connected. There are no members of, there are no friends, no Quakers in the Senate right now. And, but, of course, there, that hasn't always been the case. Right. 
I think at one time that they were a very, not a majority, but they were members who had lots of power that coalesced. So there's a longstanding tradition, of course, that go back to the 1700s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, they're American citizens. They have the right to express themselves. They, you know, cause I, I think it's great that they do that. I don't agree with them. I don't think that they, I'm not anti-war in my position. I mean, I would I would love to be anti-war. I believe that our future, um, when Jesus comes to reign, will be anti-war. But there are certain situations that absolutely demand a military presence, in my opinion. But they have a different opinion. They I do. Did, you know, I... I I consider them brothers and sisters in Christ if they believe in the name of Jesus, as I do. Just different takes. I love it. I certainly appreciate. I mean, would it would it be that, you know, in the highest ideal that we were truly people of peace of course. and lived in a world yes. without war? Yeah. And so there they are. I mean, you know, it's not surprising that there's just 400,000 of them worldwide because they are because they are so narrow in their look at the gospels. Mm-hmm. But that narrowness has produced great fruit. Well, and because I don't think that they're now, I could be wrong about this. I would I would welcome someone who's from a Quaker background to weigh in on this um, and send me an email and, and educate me. But I'm pretty sure at a Quaker meeting, there's no preaching. Well, at friends' house, I've been to I've been to friends' meetings. There's a okay. friends' house on Ellsworth Avenue. Yeah, right down the street from Ascension. Right, and essentially it is a circle, and there's silence. And only until someone feels, I would say, moved by the spirit, does that person speak. Yeah. And then once they speak, oftentimes there's no response, but there is continued silence. It can last an hour, an hour and a half, up to two hours or more of people just sitting together in community. Now, of course, there's, you know, exchanges before and after, but generally, I mean. So no, so there's no preaching. There's there's no, no preaching. Yeah. Okay. It's not a worship service, mm-hmm. but it's those you know two or more who are gathered in my name. I think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating too. I really do. I would love to go to one for sure. Um, but I think, well, see, I was going to say something that I'm not going to say. Well, you already said you're pro-war. No, I'm not pro-war. Pro-war. I'm not pro-war. You said that. I never said I'm pro-war. I said there are certain instances that require a military oh, presence. Well, I Christy, believe that's what I said. My producer says, "Keep me out of it." Christy. Oh, Christy, don't you take his side? She's just saying, "Keep me out of it." Gosh. We have tape. No, I think I would love to talk to. In fact, we have a good friend who's a Quaker. Who's that? Doug Bursch. Oh, that's right. We mm-hmm. do. Yeah. He's now, a four square. He's a four square. That's a little different. But yeah, I think it it's but it's in the same family. Same Yeah, now we're like well, overstepping well, our bounds. Okay, we'll talk to Doug right about now, that. Because there is preaching at Doug's church. He is a pastor. Can you be a Quaker in a friend's tradition and be a pastor? I don't think they have pastors. Uh, see, look what we know. Okay. Anyway, anyway, interesting thing. And the most fascinating part is that they sit right across from the Senate in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. It's really fascinating. Yes. All right, we need to take a break. When we come back, um, Noah's Ark Park. So this is something that's going on in Kentucky. It's been there for, I don't know, how many, five years? Kenny Kenny just was yeah. there like last year or so. Five Kenny years. Woods. Well, they're going to seek an expansion with a new religious exhibit about um, Tower, Tower of Babel. Babel. It's Trinity Jewelers' fifth annual half-off, half-the-store sale. 
Trinity invites you to bring your better half July 15th through 21st and get half off half the store. 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. Select items up to 75% off. So shop early for the best selection. Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating 21 years at their schoolhouse location. Ends July 21st. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Mattress Firm's 4th of July sale has been extended for a limited time. Shop and save up to $500 on top-rated mattress brands like Sealy and Sleepy's. Plus, get a free adjustable base with your $999 mattress purchase. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees, like Walnut Grove Christian School in West Mifflin, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com tuitions. Equal opportunity is the cornerstone of the American dream. Being employed gives us the confidence to be financially independent. We feel useful and respected. But what if you were one of the 81% of adults with developmental differences who do not have a paid job? Join the SunTrust Foundation in supporting Autism Speaks, Best Buddies, and Special Olympics in creating pathways to 1 million employment and leadership opportunities for this talented community. Visit DeliveringJobs.org to learn more. Have you been to the, um, the Creation Museum? I have not. And the, uh, the Noah's Ark, which is the latest attraction? I have not. That's in Kentucky somewhere. Yeah, Williamstown, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Now, I saw this uh, today uh, on the uh, AP Newswire, Associated Press, a Bible-themed attraction. Now, this is secular press. Okay. A Bible-themed attraction in Kentucky that features a 510-foot-long wooden Noah's Ark is planning to begin fundraising for an expansion. This is Ken Ham, mm-hmm. right? The Ark Encounter said Wednesday, yesterday, that it would take about three years to research, plan, and build a Tower of Babel attraction on the park's grounds in northern Kentucky. A release, a press release from the Ark Encounter Park said the new attraction will tackle the racism issue. 
by helping visitors understand how genetics research and the Bible confirm the origin of all people groups around the world. No other details were given on the Babel attraction or what it might look like. Of course, this is Answers in Genesis, the ministry behind the ark. They raised private funds to construct and open the massive attraction in 2016. The group, of course, uh, does a, a strict interpretation of the Bible. The group also has the uh, Creation Museum, which we talked about. And uh, you see, if you go there, you see, you know, dinosaurs walking with people. Um, it, again, it's their strict interpretation. So what is that going to look like? I mean, this is, this is what's interesting to me is that they're looking at racism through the Tower of Babel. So I would think that, you know, you would invite many, many secularists who would never have any interest at all in a creation museum or a Noah's Ark exhibition, but they might show up for the Tower of Babel. I would think that there'd be lots of learning around this. What do you think? Well, I always hope there'd be a lot of learning around it. I think that would be a great idea. I haven't been to the Noah's Ark thing, though I think the size and the scale of the model is very cool. Yeah. I mean, I would really love to see that. Um you know, I um, for those of you that listen to the show, we've had a lot of conversation about origins, um, and so I, um, it's no surprise to anybody that I don't come down on the same side of that uh, of as Ken Ham does, and I'm not a young Earth creationist. But many um, people are. But many people are, and I'm not saying Ken Ham doesn't have a right to do his thing because he wrong. And, or that he's wrong. I mean. I think he's clearly doing something that's resonating with a ton of people. Um, and I would be I, – I, I'm super interested to hear how that Tower of Babel thing pans out. Yeah. I mean, I would say that their their efforts have proven to be very, very fruitful. Just Because, look, I mean – I just, think they've made a ton of cash. I don't know about that. I, I can't comment on their finances. But, I mean, I remember years ago whenever, you know, it was, oh, they're, they're going to build a life-size replica of the Ark. Like Noah himself, there was a lot of scoffing, right? Right. I mean, people were like, they did what, it. are you kidding me? But by all accounts, I mean, Kenny, like we said, Kenny's been there. He loved it. He was He came back. They took a family vacation there, mm-hmm. him and his wife and his daughter. Just, it just went on and on and on about yeah, it. Yeah, I'd it love made to me see it. Go. I'd love to see it. I really would. So the Tower of Babel as a stand somehow to look at the idea of racism in the world. How would that, I would just love the idea of how that's presented. Hmm. I wish them well. I, really I would do. too. All right, here's another news story, John, that is um, very different in tone, but it jumped out at me today when I was looking around at things. Um, this is uh, from studyfinds.com. It says this, just three consecutive nights of poor sleep causes great deterioration. I'm going to repeat that. Great deterioration in emotional and physical well-being. I'm surprised it's just three. You give me one just night. Just three consecutive One nights. night. Uh-huh. Well, you know, look, I mean, you look at how people have been manipulated, you know, you call it torture, where you're deprived sleep. You lose your mind. Mm-hmm. What Have you ever been in a situation where you, because of an emotional thing you were going through? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just, I, was just at me. I was just wondering if there was a time when you had a hard time sleeping. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I think that's pretty, I mean, you know, I think it's pretty common, right? You do, I, I myself have gone through periods where you go... For whatever reason, I'm not sleeping well. I mean, look at melatonin or uh, what's the you know Nyquil, Ambien. that whole kind of thing. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, but what about you personally? I mean, I know it's common in adults, but you're sitting across the table from me. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. No, I mean, I go through periods where I can't fall asleep or, or I can't stay asleep. Mm-hmm. So I, I have no problem at all, you know, doing a little melatonin or t- taking a NyQuil thing once in a while. I okay. just, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I recommend this for everybody. It's just me personally. But I, I don't mind doing it because I, more than anything, I want and need eight solid because hours. Because you recognize that this thing from I'm study just, finds, that's the, real, that's the real story for you. I'm is useless. That great deterioration and, yeah. If I'm doing five hours of sleep, if I wake up at like sometimes, you know, I, I go, and I think it, you know, it's self it's self-perpetuating that, yes. you know, yeah, I think you're right. all of a sudden you go, oh, it's two o'clock and I'm wide awake and I've got to be up at 7.30 for something that's really important to me. And then you just can't go back to sleep. It's a night. It's a, no, yeah. no pun. It, it is a yeah. nightmare. So I have no problem at all taking, you know, once in a while mm-hmm. a sleep aid. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking, take Salmonex tonight and sleep. I'm not doing that. Right, but but I know people do do that regularly. Okay. Do you do that? No, I've never taken. You've anything. never taken anything. Uh-uh. No, I never. Have, have you had problems yourself sleeping? I sure have. Yeah. But you've never taken anything. No, because I'm afraid to do it. I'm afraid it's going. I'm afraid I'm going to become dependent on it, and so I just have never done it. There's calf in the corner. You got some Nyquil. Got, I'm like buying yeah. something from some guy outside yeah. Seven Parkway Center. It's a melatonin. <laughs> it's a ten milligram. No, I'm not, and that's not any. Like I'm not saying that to be proud. I don't. That's probably stupid. No, no, no. Well, I've just. Stupid. I've never no, ever that. done that. I'm just. I'm. I'm always very concerned about dependence on a thing. I get that 100. percent Okay, so then how do you battle through it? Those well, periods. Um, I'll tell you the number one way, and this is based on a therapist I had years ago, is when I go to bed at night, I cover up my clock with a towel. With a hand towel. What do you have? Like a little? I don't even have a clock. No, the I have anymore. a towel. Well, yeah, I have a towel. I have a clock. <laughs> what kind of a towel? What's it look like? <laughs> no. So years ago, when I was really, really struggling with sleep, yep. um, she would say, "Okay, w- w- tell me why you're struggling with sleep." And I would say, "Well, I'd fall asleep, and then I wake up at one twenty, and then night. I'm awake until three twenty. And she said to me, "Why do you know that?" Because you're watching the clock. And I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "Why do you know that you're awake from one thirty to three thirty? I said, "Well, because I looked at the clock." She said. Don't look at the clock. I said, what do you mean don't look at the clock? She said, by looking at the clock, you are putting extra pressure on yourself and you are irritating something that's already bothering you. You're, you're putting salt in your wound. You're aggravate. You're keeping yourself from relaxing enough to just go back to sleep. Well, it took me months. I, I mean, seriously, I kept fighting around this, fighting around this. And finally, she said, for crying out loud, put a bath towel on top of your clock if you can't keep yourself from looking at it which is exactly what i did and it's been at least 10 years that i've been sleeping with a towel really on my Over clock. clock well no because i'll look at it because that's what you do you wake up and look at the clock yeah. well don't you do this i mean i wake up now and i grab my phone oh never oh, i do no you know why I can't help because it. here's the thing once you accept no. this thing that this therapist told me you sleeping is so much better because you you have no idea what time it is, you have no idea how long you've been sleeping, and you have no idea how much more time you have left to sleep. So you're just relaxed. 
And yeah. you'll just if if you get yourself to this point that I'm in, you will never ever want to go back to knowing what time it is in the middle of the night. You I'm, will never want to know. I mean, I get that, but I want to torture myself. Exactly. Right? Don't, you don't you don't you do that? I mean, I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and I know it's the middle of the night. I'll get my phone. I'll turn down the light so I don't bother my wife, and then I sit there with That's one the eye open. That's the worst thing you can do because you're care. waking your brain up. I, and then I'm like one eye, and I'm you know doom scrolling. I'm looking at the <laughs> Twitter. Or fa- with one eye, I can barely see. And I'm going, oh, look at that. That's horrible. And then it's like an hour and 50 minutes have gone by. And then I still got one eye open and still doing it with one finger. It's the worst. But it's like a drug. You get, I can't. And then I go, okay, stop. Put it away. And then I'll put it away. And then 10 minutes will go by and I'll go, I'll just pick it up once more time. And then just bring it over. That's sick. Well, that's what it is. That's the human condition. Right. We torture ourselves. Right. Do we not? Right. But if you do something physical... Like the towel over the clock. Oh, you know what I mean? I, Just, like, I was going to get up and do push-ups or something. No, no, no. No, but I think what she was saying was really helpful. You right. have to do something physical to block yourself what from up? the thing that you want to do. Uh, and I oftentimes I'll do this. I think about Frederica, Frederica and say oh, the praying. Jesus prayer. Yeah. You know, I get mm-hmm. on a little loop, you know, and which, of course, what I need to do more than anything instead of, you know, the ridiculous doom scrolling. I pray. Right. But, you know, I'm just fallible. And- Look, I want to see... Tens of thousands of people all over the area with bath towels on their bedroom clocks. And I will know my work here is done. Have a great night. God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.